You're listening to the Course Report Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Course Report is the most complete resource for coding boot camps. On our site, we have thousands of reviews, hundreds of interviews, and a full directory of every coding boot camp around the world. On our podcast, we're sharing everything you need to stay up to date on this blossoming industry. Whether you're a boot camp founder or a future student, we hope you'll learn something on the Course Report Podcast. Welcome to the May 2017 News Roundup. I'm Liz. I'm Imogen. And I'm Lauren. And we are rounding up all of the boot camp news from May. Um, what have we been buzzing about this month at Course Report? Anything? Our market sizing survey. That's true. Yes, that's true. We are currently conducting our 2017 market sizing survey, which is going to be out in July. We're really excited to share that with you and see how the coding bootcamp industry continues to grow. Um, we're also getting close to summer. Some of our readers or listeners, I guess, may have some time off for summer break. That's the perfect opportunity to do a coding boot camp. Mm-hmm. And this month, we narrowed it down to just a few stories to talk about, uh, but they're all really impactful. I think all of these stories are are really cool. What are we going to be talking about on today's podcast? Well, speaking of our survey, there were a few other surveys that were related to the boot camp industry, so we'll we'll definitely dig into those. And there were a couple of really interesting articles about actually how to choose a coding bootcamp. And a few different publications highlighted individual bootcamp students, of course. And then we're going to talk about larger diversity initiatives. And since we all just celebrated Memorial Day, I think it's only fitting that most of these stories are actually about our veterans going to coding bootcamps. Plus, there are a couple of university bootcamp partnerships. And of course, we'll talk about the new coding bootcamps that we've added to course support this month. So, all right. So let's start with the three surveys that came out this month. I think each of them are kind of tangentially related to the bootcamp world. So they're definitely worth talking about. Imogen, the first one was from indeed.com. And of course they have access to tons of employers because they are a job listing site. What did they find about employers and coding bootcamps? So Indeed.com's report showed that 80% of U.S. hiring managers and recruiters say they've hired a coding bootcamp graduate for a tech role, and 99.8% said they would do so again. That's amazing. Yeah, it's a super interesting survey. And this news was actually covered in a number of publications, which is great for bootcamps, including Tech Republic and Education Dive. The report also found that 12% of employers think bootcamp grads are more prepared to be high achievers than candidates with CS degrees. And 51% of employers said hiring bootcamp grads is a good way to help job seekers from underrepresented groups break into the tech industry. Yeah, this was so cool. That's a survey I've always wanted to do, but it's so hard to get access to actual employers. So I feel like Indeed was actually the perfect organization to do it. And I mean, all of those results sound pretty positive. And I think we love to hear that. But did the employers that were surveyed have any like feedback or criticism of, of boot camps? Yes, actually, most of them, 98% of employers surveyed said they wanted more oversight Mm. for boot camps and would support increased regulation and accreditation requirements. But Indeed's blog post about the report did mention CIRR, SEER, which we've talked about before, as a potential solution to this concern. That's really neat. 
The second survey is less related to coding boot camps, but it was conducted by Free Code Camp. Um, Lauren, what did Free Code Camp find about new coders? Yeah, so in their 2017 new coder survey, they surveyed over 20,000 people to find out how they're learning to code. And I just want to give you guys some quick facts. So basically, 62% live outside of the U.S. The average age is 28 years old. 19% of new coders were women. Um, and the average time that these new coders have been learning to code has been 21 months. And 25% have let, landed their first developer job. Okay, so all of the survey participants were actually free code camp users, right? Yes. So they surveyed their own users, and okay. then it said that only six percent of their users actually attended a coding boot camp. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so really that was more about the free code camp population and yes. not so much about new coders in general, but Definitely. I think still semi relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, and along those same lines, the final survey we want to talk about briefly was conducted by Coding Dojo. We all know Coding Dojo. They're all over the U.S. Uh, It was about the most in-demand coding languages in the United States. And this actually got picked up by a surprising number of journalists in uh, Tech Republic, GeekWire, Forbes. um, It's kind of everywhere. What were those results? Yeah, so overall, Java, JavaScript, and by JavaScript, they mean mean stack, full stack JavaScript, and Python are the three most popular programming languages, but that, of course, depends on the city. And Coding Dojo also highlighted a company in each of those cities that's hiring in one of those programming languages. So to get that data, Coding Dojo essentially looked at the most searched programming languages. They didn't really mention where they got that data from. I think, you know, this is fine. I don't think they're telling students anything that they didn't already know. Those are three really popular programming languages. But one takeaway here is that students should be doing that type of research when they choose a boot camp, right? So Mm -hmm. they should be looking at indeed.com, looking at DICE, seeing which companies are hiring and the languages that they actually want before they decide which language to learn at a boot camp. Okay. So those languages are definitely something to think about when choosing a coding boot camp. What other advice did we hear this month about choosing a coding boot camp? Um, Lauren? Yeah, the National Consumers League wrote an interesting article in Tech Republic about how to spot a fraudulent boot camp. Um, And they gave three key tips. So number one, you should always be wary of exaggerated job placement stats. We've talked about this before, but, you know, schools that boast 90% job placement rates or over may have cherry picked that data. So be wary of that. Number two, check to see if the boot camp is licensed in the state that they are operating in. It's actually a requirement to do so. So that is very important. And then number three, research each boot camp carefully by reading reviews and checking instructor qualifications. Don't just solely rely on the boot camp's marketing materials. Um, so a great resource would obviously be course report. So check us out. (laughs) Um, yeah, those are three really great pieces of advice and hopefully things that students are already doing before they fork over Mm $15,000. Um, in less kind of upbeat news, a Forbes contributor, Meta Brown offered four reasons not to learn to code. And all of those, I think they came off. I mean, we've heard all of these reasons before, right? I don't know if they were super convincing. Um, first of all, because I think 
Imogen, we were talking about this as we were reading this article, uh, you know, who seriously tells people not to learn something, like even if it's just to help your future kids with their future coding homework (laughs) or like learn how a computer works and talks to the internet still interesting information. And Meta recognizes that. She says that if you're doing it out of a deep interest and a desire to learn for personal satisfaction, then you know what it's worth to you. And she recognizes that programming skills are used for a lot of jobs other than becoming a full-time software developer. But for people, what she's saying is that for people who want to learn to code to get a job as a developer, there are some things to consider, like the fact that most traditional employers may still want to see a degree when you apply and that when you, that you'll have to learn skills beyond coding in order to become a software engineer, which we all know. And that if you want to become a developer by going to a coding bootcamp, then there are definitely some reality checks that you should consider. Like for example, you could drop out, uh, your starting salary will probably be between 65 and $90,000 a year. So you're not going to be a millionaire right out of the gate. I don't think any of these reasons are reasons not to learn to code, but maybe just reasons for people to be more realistic with their goals, which is totally fair. Exactly. I mean, it's a similar advice you give to anyone who's making a decision to spend money on their education. You know, you want to take, you know, note of what, what your options are. Definitely. Awesome. And another thing to look at when choosing a boot camp is what payment plans mm. they offer. In May, smallbiztrends.com looked at how App Academy's deferred tuition system works. So App, App, App Academy lets students pay for the program after they've graduated and found a job by taking 23% of their first year salary. And there are a bunch of other boot camps that also offer similar deferred payment systems. So this Small Biz Trends article also mentions that California and New York both require flat tuition rates. So the company's payment plan is currently under review in both states. That's crazy. I actually had no idea that California and New York had those laws in place, um, but learn something new every day. I think that would be kind of huge if deferred tuition became quote unquote outlawed. It's almost like, you know, deferred tuition is almost the closest that we get to a job guarantee for these in-person boot camps. Yeah. I think the other ones we know are Grace Hopper, um, Learners Guild. There's, there's a bunch of, of great deferred tuition. Oh, Holburton School. Yeah. Holburton School just announced that. Yeah. And that's, that's something that really helps people, you know, actually break through and change their career if they can't afford to pay up front. So let's hope Mm -hmm. that these deferred tuitions continue to exist. Yeah, we noticed that schools that offer deferred tuition tend to have higher attrition rates, but they're a great way to lower the barrier into the tech industry. And speaking of creative tuition models at boot camps, Liz, tell us what you were reading about Reviture this month. Yeah. So the Washington Post and Metro US both looked into Reviture this month. Remember that Reviture is a 12-week coding boot camp in Arizona, Virginia, New York. They've been expanding relatively quickly. And they're interesting because it's tuition-free to students. Um, Sarah Feinstein from Metro US writes about the structure at Reviture. And we got some details that I hadn't heard before. Students who are accepted are paid $11 an hour minimum wage while they're 
we're learning. And then when, and then they become employed by Reviture and deployed out to partner companies like Capital One and the Department of Labor. And since Reviture makes money from the employers themselves, they're training students to work at a specific company, which is pretty cool. Then the Washington Post dove in a bit deeper and profiled one student. And then they talked to a few staff members at Reviture. Their CMO, Joe Vaca, describes Reviture as a pathway between college students and companies, especially in the absence of company-wide training programs, these like three to six month training programs for new hires that used to be pretty popular. Joe says that they are um, fading in popularity. And so Reviture is kind of rising as in absence of those training programs. I thought it was pretty great insight into this rapidly expanding boot camp. But one interesting perspective in the article came from a tech recruiter, Dave Feck. And this is honestly what I've always thought about Reviture. And he put it nicely. He wondered whether students are locking themselves into an agreement that might actually stunt their earning potential. So he says, quote, if somebody in this field took a job upon graduation and worked for a year, they could easily see a 10% to 15% bump the next year and make $75,000. So because the students who graduate are then employed by Reviture uh, kind of as consultants for their partner companies, like, is that necessarily in the student's best interest, even though it's guaranteeing them a job when they graduate? Kind of interesting. Yeah, I suppose it's a, a compromise that you would totally. make. You know, yeah. it's like you toss up a guaranteed job or, you know, slight, maybe slightly lower percentage of getting a job. But maybe mm-hmm. if you do get a job, you get a higher salary. So higher it's like a toss potential. up, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, Imogen, what, uh, what student stories did we hear in May? So computerworld.com profiled classical musician Andrew Sorensen, who went to Coding Dojo and then got a job at Expedia. Very cool um, career change. The article gives an overview of the coding bootcamp industry, explaining how in 2017 there are, quote, more students, more schools, more teaching formats, and more efforts to increase diversity, and more scrutiny of graduation and placement rates. Wow, more and more and more. Okay. Yeah, so more for the bootcamp world. The article also notes that more and more companies are willing to hire bootcamp grads, and they quote Liz there. Well done, Liz. Oh, Nice. It's a nice, well-researched piece, and it mentions our stats, SEER, and various different bootcamp formats. So it's a great read for someone who needs a quick overview of the bootcamp industry. And in the News and Observer, Madison Eatsler profiled a 26-year-old, John Mitch, who, like a lot of young people in the U.S., graduated from college but couldn't get a job using his degree. So he goes to Iron Yard in Raleigh, North Carolina. In 2015, he spends $14,000 in 12 weeks learning to code and got a job at Red Hat. I think that piece is definitely worth a read because it looks at the comparison between college and boot camps in kind of a new way. I think a lot of journalists assume that boot camps are this replacement for college or that boot camps are trying to, you know, hawk themselves as a replacement for college. But for recent college grads who are still just like not able to find jobs in their field, a boot camp can kind of get them there. So it's kind of a, a twist on that classic college versus boot camp argument. And then Madison finishes by mentioning the boot camp at UNC Chapel Hill because she's talking about Raleigh, North Carolina, basically, which is run by Trilogy Education through their continuing education department. Oh, that's really interesting. Well, TechCrunch highlighted the Breaking Into Startups podcast this month, and they talked about 
a dev bootcamp student named Mana Callan. So Mana was actually a former culinary student, a math teacher in Harlem, New York City, and a gamer before deciding to attend dev bootcamp. And he goes into his story about how when he was teaching his kids how to learn math, how exciting his kids were to learn different things within math. And so that kind of sparked his passion for learning how to code. And so it goes into great detail about like him realizing that his passion for symbolic logic could be better used as a developer in the tech industry. So that's a really interesting podcast to listen to. Neat. Love all those stories, especially, yeah, breaking into startups is, is an interesting one. They do a lot of stuff about, about bootcamp stories. So those were a handful of individual stories about bootcampers in May, but this month we also heard about a number of larger scale diversity initiatives in the bootcamp world. Imogen, last month you told us about that bill in the house that would open the GI bill up to bootcamps. Are there any updates on veterans learning to code? So that law you mentioned is called Vet Tech, and no, we haven't heard an update on that. Mm. However, Backchannel.com published a pretty comprehensive piece on vets learning to code. The piece mentions veteran David Molina, who founded Operation Code, a coding learning community for vets, after he found he couldn't use his GI Bill to go to code school. Mm-hmm. He talks about the idea of the blue-collar coder, a role that could suit many veterans getting back into the workforce. The reporter looks at schools with scholarships for veterans and at schools which now do accept GI benefits. Like, those schools are like Turing, um, who else? Code Fellows, Designation. Galvanize. Galvanize, true. Yeah. yeah. And as the article does discuss Kevin McCarthy's bill, which would provide $75 million to the Department of Veteran Affairs to start a pilot program of accelerated technology courses for vets on topics including programming. Cool. That's a good update. Yeah, I didn't realize it was $75 million in that grant. That's crazy. So I read about a partnership between the Northern Virginia Community College Foundation and Northern Virginia Technology Council and how they're sponsoring veterans to go through a $14,000 12-week coding boot camp at Uncommon Coders. Um, And this is actually at Northern Virginia Community College's Woodbridge campus. Um, The article talks about how there are more IT coding and cybersecurity jobs in Washington, D.C. than anywhere else in the U.S., but many of those jobs go unfilled, so there obviously isn't enough talent to go around. And so this partnership is really working to fill that gap. The initiative is really a great way to transition military vets. And the article talks about how, you know, transitioning from the military into the tech industry is challenging, but coding is definitely a really great way for vets to have, you know, problem solving creativity within this new field in a way, in a way that they couldn't necessarily have when they were out in the field on military missions. So it's a really interesting piece. Cool. Helio Training in Salt Lake City has announced two new scholarships aimed at strengthening diversity in their classes, the Women in Tech Scholarship and the Veteran Service Scholarship. Each of those are worth $1,000 for full-time the full-time program. I think they're giving out like 10 each uh, for each cohort. So that's pretty cool. That's really cool. Very nice. Um, and the Washington, D.C. Economic Partnership announced they are partnering with Thinkful and the new Inclusive Innovation Incubator, or IN3, to launch Pathway Scholars, a pilot program to prepare underrepresented workers for jobs in tech. This um, story was covered in DC Inno and on the D.C. Economic Partnership's website. 
The partnership will provide one full scholarship and four partial scholarships to Thinkful's six-month online flexible web development course, and each scholar will have access to in-person mentorship from DC tech professionals. I love that. Thinkful yeah. is doing those kind of like hybrid in-person online mm-hmm. meetup kind of classes in Washington, DC right now. So that makes sense. Yeah, I think it'll be cool. The local talked to some female students at a Swedish coding boot camp called Craft Academy to find out how they're enjoying this 12-week boot camp. Um, it was an interesting piece because it, it really highlighted the fact that Craft Academy recognizes that there are four times as many men than women working in tech in Sweden. So they want to get as many women in the tech industry as possible by offering partial scholarships. So one student, one female student was a teacher for 15 years before changing careers to, to find a position that was more flexible. Another student decided to start coding because she wanted to build her own website for her business. And there was a small quote that I wanted to share with you guys from a craft academy coach. And it says, it's important to encourage equality. We support women in every way possible. Putting them front and center encourages more to apply and get involved. So it's a really great initiative. Go Sweden. Yeah, that's a lovely one. (laughs) Um, And talking about women in tech, Bustle.com profiled some of the women who were awarded the scholarship they are offering at Flatiron Mm. School. So just a reminder, Bustle and Flatiron School teamed up to offer scholarship winners 50% off tuition for their online web developer program. And the winners included a voiceover artist, a full-time mom, and a teacher. And I actually went to a panel discussion hosted by Flatiron and Bustle last month, where three successful women who are web developers discussed their backgrounds and how they got into code. So it was so interesting to hear where they all started and, and how they got into code and their awesome jobs that they have now. Sweet. So this was only in a press release, so we won't spend too much time on it, but Hack Reactor released their diversity and inclusion report for their campuses. They found that their gender split was lower than the industry average. We find in our outcomes and demographics survey that 43% of bootcamp graduates are women, um, and at Hack Reactor, they found it was only 25%. There were things that they found that they could be doing internally to boost diversity in their classrooms, and And so they've committed to 50-50 gender parity and 20% underrepresented tech minorities in their classrooms by 2020. I actually talked to Aubrey Brown, who... If you remember, he started Telegraph Academy. He's now Hack Reactor's Director of Diversity and Inclusion. Um, and we talked about the report and what Hack Reactor can do to make their school more inclusive, less exclusive uh, on the blog. So if anybody wants to read more about that, we have a pretty in-depth Q&A on the Course Report blog. Yeah, that's a, that's a really great Q&A. I enjoyed reading that. Um, and as always, it's always so good to hear about schools focusing on diversity yeah, and as student outcomes reporting becomes more important at schools and boot camps are kind of upping their game in terms of collecting data around students, I don't see why that can't extend to actually tracking the diversity of their classrooms and really mm-hmm. looking at the demographics that they have. Totally. Now we have a number of new boot camps, courses, campuses, and partnerships to mention. Lauren, tell us about WinCode's new partnership. Yeah, Lynn University is actually collaborating with WinCode Academy, which is in Miami, Florida, to allow bachelor's degrees seeking students to gain immersive web development skills on campus. So Lynn's on-campus coding course is designed 
to be in accordance with accreditation standards and core values of both institutions. And the first group of students began their on-campus coding classes this spring. Awesome. Cool. There were also a number of articles this month about a new partnership in Detroit. Detroit Mayor Mike Duggan, in in partnership with Coding Bootcamp Grand Circus, have announced a free full-time 10-week bootcamp for Detroit residents over summer. This was covered in on Yahoo.com, Cranes, Metro Times, and the mayor said that the aim of the initiative is to help Detroiters take that next step towards a good-paying job and stable career. Cool. That sounds like a, a nice like tech hire partnership, too. Yeah. Oh, this is exciting. Uh, Galvanize will finally open in New York City, according Ooh. to New York Business Journals. Galvanize, is, they're going to be in Soho, I think, like on Hudson along the west side. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, we can't wait to visit, and we'll totally share those visits with you. Maybe we'll do a little Snapchat story. Yeah. I read that Trailhead, a nonprofit startup accelerator and co-working space in Boise, Idaho, plans to launch an apprenticeship program for aspiring coders. So the Idaho STEM Action Center will actually fund the program with a $200,000 grant. Apprentices will earn $12 to $15 an hour to build apps learning software engineering, web development, and computer science basics, including data structures and algorithms. Applicants actually have to have some coding experience in order to apply. Um, And also, Vinyl, a Boise company that builds apps and offers other tech services, will oversee the program, and those Vinyl employees will actually coach the apprentices throughout the program on projects. So That's really neat. Really cool partnership. That one in Revature, I think we've heard about two boot camps that will actually pay students while yeah. they're learning. <laughs> Which is um, not a bad deal. Yeah, not a bad deal for students. Yeah. That's great. And now I read an article which was more focused on, you know, what you can do after boot camp potentially. Technically DC covered a new workshop called Code Writers Workshop, which is specifically aimed at coding boot camp grads who have started their first job but want to advance their careers. The workshop covers things like cultivating high-performance team culture and overcoming imposter syndrome. Fantastic. Okay, so then in Texas, Houston Community College will teach the Apple-designed Swift Bootcamp, which is part of the new iOS coding and design school. Do y'all remember the iOS Development Center in Milan? That was like mm-hmm. nine months ago. We talked about it a couple times. Yeah. So this is kind of an extension of that. It's really cool to see it in the United States. Um, they're going to offer both short-term boot camps and then also programs for degree credits. Both of those will start in June, and that'll be through Houston Community College. This is modeled after a coding boot camp, so it'll probably look like a boot camp, but will really be more of like a competitor to the Houston boot camps because they're offering degree granting credits. That's awesome. Very cool. Covalence Bootcamp, formerly known as Depot U, announced their first class at their new Chattanooga campus on Tuesday. Well, yesterday. Yeah. May 30th. <laughs> um, the coding bootcamp will begin their Chattanooga program with a 10 week full stack development course, um, focusing on end to end web applications. And the expansion was backed by the Chattanooga mayor, Andy Burke, Lamppost Group, Bellhops, and the Enterprise Center. And with Covalence directly partnering with the city, it's allowed them to expand and keep the cost of tuition to around $8,000, which is well below the industry standard of yeah. camp. So. Very cool. 
And Lauren, tell us about the new schools that have been added to Course Report this month. Yeah, so we have a few schools. So we have Kodasur in Amsterdam, Refactory in Bangdung, Indonesia, TK2 Academy in Boca Raton, Florida, Principal Analytics Prep in New York City, Bike Camp in Houston, Texas, and Moreau Community College in Rochester in New York City. Wonderful. Well, welcome all of those schools to the Course Report directory. Welcome. All right, y'all, let's wrap it up with our favorite pieces on the blog in May. Imogen, what was your favorite piece? My favorite piece was a piece we did with Flatiron School called How Successful Are Coding Bootcamp Graduates Two Years Out? So we went and did a in-person video interview with Flatiron Careers VP Rebecca Rombom, and she told us about their recent alumni survey, this is a very More survey surveys, yeah. theme this <laughs> survey month. heavy podcast. And their survey found that two or three years after graduating from Flatiron, alumni were getting considerable pay rises and promotions. So it was super fun to make this video, and Liz and I had great fun coming up with graphics to illustrate all the info and represent the data. So yeah, check out our YouTube channel and watch that video and all our other great course report videos. Wonderful. Lauren, what was your favorite print piece to do on the blog this month? I really liked the 21 Summer Boot Camps. Oh, yes. Very relevant. Well, just a disclaimer, there are more than 21 boot camps in this article. It's a really great resource. I had a lot of fun doing research to figure out which boot camps were having cohorts over the summer or had specific summer boot camps. So summer is really the perfect time to learn a new skill. So when you're hot and sweaty and ready to get out of the sun, think about an online coding boot camp or an in-person coding boot camp to really, you know, kickstart your new career. Yeah. Perfect for students, for teachers, anybody who has some time over the summer. Um, and there are some part-time ones on that list too. So yes, wonderful. And what about you, Liz? Yeah. What is your favorite piece? <laughs> well, so we do so many pieces on like how to get into a boot camp, how to excel once you're at a boot camp. But this month, a couple of dev boot camp instructors, Mark and Anil, sat down with me to talk about something that every boot camper will have to face at one point in their career, which is the technical interview. So we talked about what makes a technical interview important, what makes it unique, um, different than uh, other interviews that you've gone through, four different types of questions to expect. And they also told us how to answer them. And then Mark and Anil actually say that there are three things that employers are looking for that have nothing to do with getting the answer correct. So uh, I think this would be you know, helpful to anyone who's in a coding boot camp. It's an experience everyone's going to have to go through. So check it out. I love that piece. It's yeah. so interesting. So informative and great examples too of, of interview questions. Yeah. Mark and Anil did such a good job. They were super prepared and um, I think it would be helpful to, to anyone in that position to go through the dreaded technical interview. All right. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you so much for listening and we love feedback. So email us at hello at coursereport.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, help other future boot campers find it by going to iTunes, subscribing to the Course Report podcast and leaving a review. And we will talk to you next time on the Course Report Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. Bye. Bye.